Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club. Hood classics, good classics, Derek. You're welcome. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. I mean it. You're welcome. Reading in the summer. You're welcome. There's like so many other things I could be doing right now, but I'm coming to you as a man to read these books. Show the white people, black people, like, like play this shit for them and be like, just, just stare at them. Cause you know, they think we can't read, right? Can't read good. Like all we got is dick game and jump shots, twerking skills. I don't know. Tracy wore another classy outfit to school the next morning. She wore a pair of sunshades around her neck for a fashion statement. She planned on bragging about Victor all day long. Tracy said while strutting up the hall, yup, Jantel, and then I told him I had to get off my phone before I messed it up. I was kind of nervous. Jantel smirked. For real? I would have been nervous talking to him too. I'm nowhere near his league, she admitted. You ain't either, Tracy, she thought of saying. Then again, Tracy had gotten all the other boys she had gone after, so maybe she could get Victor. Well, he's going to be up here for me today, Tracy continued to brag. She opened her locker to get her books out for the next class. And Travis's long arms grabbed the swinging door. So, I heard you talking to Vic, he said to her. Could you get off my locker, please? Travis was getting on Tracy's last nerve. Aw, oh, bitch, don't get loud with me. He's only gonna fuck you and leave anyway, he lashed out at her disrespectfully. Yeah, I right, Tracy responded in a low tone. She was afraid that Travis might haul off and punch her if she provoked him. But Travis laughed and walked off, swinging his long, reckless arms. He ain't shit, Tracy told Jantel as soon as he had left. He's just mad because I didn't give him nothing. The old drugged up dog. It's, it's weed. It's weed. Like, I just want to say that every time they say something bad about this dude. It's weed. And all the other people that you've made in this book, nobody's aged well except for Travis. Because now everybody fucking smokes weed. I mean, I don't. But that's just because I work for the state and I know the first time I try it, they're going to fucking test. But, nigga, weed ain't shit. And you spent all this time talking bad about this kid while glorifying Victor and all that kind of shit. You ain't shit. Tracy went to all her classes on time for a change, waiting anxiously for the final bell to ring. She walked out of the building with much anticipation and found that Victor was nowhere in sight. Travis laughed in her face and called her some more names. 
Tracy was embarrassed with a capital E. She had practically told the entire school that Victor's coming to walk me home today. Why? Why? Like, what? <sighs> when Victor didn't show, Tracy appeared to either be a fool or a liar to all her peers. Either way, she was obviously not pleased with it. She rushed right home to give Victor a piece of her mind. Tracy howled over the phone. Hey, Victor, why you stand me up? Uh oh, I was trying to get up there, but I had to get this book from the library to do this report. I'm just walking in the door now, he quickly lied to her. And another thing, don't you ever get an attitude of me. I'm not one of your young boys, he snapped. Tracy was startled. Oh, oh, my fault. I didn't know that. I'm sorry. You didn't know what? That he ain't a young boy? That he's not 12 and 13 like y'all are? Like, Victor then filled her head with his game. Yep, I was about to come around there to see you. But you know what? To hell with that now. I said I was sorry, Tracy pleaded. Nah, fuck that. That sorry shit don't change nothing. You think I'm one of those suckers you be dealing with? Tracy whined. No, I don't. Please come see me, Victor. Victor said, I. Right, I'll be around there just as soon as you're ready for me to come. I'm ready, Tracy said thoughtlessly. No, you're not. And don't call me back till you thought about it. Victor hung up on her ear. Tracy looked at the receiver, realizing what he was referring to. And he was right. She wasn't ready. Tracy then went to pick up Jason from the new daycare center. If Victor had said he was coming, if Victor had walked her home, would she have picked up Jason? Things that make you say, hmm. Peppy, a mean-spirited, light-skinned boy who Tracy never liked, approached them on the sidewalk as they headed back home. To Tracy, Peppy was mad at the world and set on destroying it. Hey, dummy, he said to her, unprovoked. He was walking towards her and Jason from the middle of the street. Who are you talking to? Tracy asked, frowning at him. Peppy let out a sinister laugh as he came closer. Tracy quickened her step, pulling Jason along to get them away from him. Peppy said acidly, What you running for, you stupid little bitch? Tracy was stunned. Now why are you going to say that to me, Peppy? I ain't say shit to you. Little Jason stared at him. God, I can't stand you, boy, Tracy shouted. Girl, you ain't all that. Hey, yo, Peppy, leave her alone, man. Victor shouted from up the street. He wore a red, white, and blue baseball hat, a navy blue members-only jacket, and blue jeans. Peppy said nervously, My fault, man. I didn't know you was talking to her. I don't care if I was talking to her or not, cuz, because you got to stop fucking with people, Victor snapped at him. He stopped right in front of Tracy and her brother. Peppy shut his mouth and headed on his way. Tracy stood with Jason, impressed. First of all, probably a setup. Peppy and Jason and Peppy and Victor and Peppy and whoever, they all know each other. It's a setup. They're all playing Tracy. Secondly, nigga, you talk bad about these girls all the time. You just happen to not cuss them out. You just fuck with their minds. Victor asked Jason, what's up, cool? He extended his hand for a shake. Jason smiled shyly and shook Victor's gold-ringed hand. Tracy got bubbly inside. I used to have a jacket like this when I was young, Victor told Jason as he pointed to the miniature baseball logo on Jason's jacket. Jason wore a matching red hat. He a cute little dude. He gonna be like me when he grow up, ain't you? Victor asked him. Jason cracked a smile and imitated Victor as he nodded his head. So what's your name, cool? Tell him, Jason, Tracy said, sounding it out with him.
Her brother bashfully raised his hands to his mouth. Victor chuckled, grabbing the brim of his hat and giving his full attention to Tracy. She was admiring his every move. You remember what I said, right? He asked her, licking his brown lips. His smooth and pretty dark face glimmered whenever the sunlight slipped under his hat. Yeah, Tracy answered, like clay in Victor's hands. All right, then. I'll be waiting for that call, Victor told her as he headed off on his way. Jason squeaked. Who is that? Victor Henson, Tracy answered him, loving even the sound of his name. Victor Henson was the shit. Tracy stretched out on her bed that night. And yes, I know I said Jason when I was talking about they were all setting her up. But nigga, there's somebody at their school named Jason. I'm not talking about her little brother. There's somebody at that school named Jason. Statistically speaking. Also, Peppy is a horrible nickname. It's not the worst one in the world, though. That goes to the Wu-Tang affiliate rapper who was on uh, Old Dirty Bastards album. Shorty Shitstain. There ain't no stopping that one. Never. Trace stretched out on her bed that night, feeling herself and what? What? You know, I saw that movie about the two white girls called 13 when I was like older. Like I was, I was like 20, 22, something like that. And this is before all the rest of these white folks started making movies like this. So now 13 was the first one where it just showed the girl who started wearing makeup and all of a sudden she started wilding out because her friend was wilding out. But after that came eighth grade, which sucked and mid teens, I think. And Book Smart and all these other movies. And they're always about white kids. Always. They're never about people of color. It's always about a plucky white girl who just doesn't understand why things are the way they are and just wants a chance to grow up. Little do they know that later on down the line, they're going to try and swing across a river on a rope and the rope's going to break and they're going to hit their head on a rock and then they're going to die. Berippity. She wanted to know what it would feel like to make love. She imagined how it would happen, envisioning Victor on top of her, kissing down her neck into her breasts and then sucking and caressing them with his dark fingers running down to her stomach. <sighs> she imagined herself cupping his pretty face inside of her hands and begging for more as he moved with her like two human snakes as they passionately kissed again and again like they did in the movies. 13. I'm really trying to think of what I was thinking about when I was 13. It wasn't ass, ladies and gentlemen. It was not. At the age of 13, I was still playing two-hand touch football with my boys. I was still kicking it. It's the second book where I've read that a, 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 the girl is like just... But it, it this isn't nearly as bad as Addicted was. Addicted was just emptily nasty and over the top nasty and vapidly nasty this book is just uncomfortable Tracy wanted to know how it would feel like to have someone do it to her she took her morning shower and felt all over her body making herself excited as the warm water tingled her she kissed the shower walls and ran her hands between her legs thinking that she had gone absolutely crazy and then she knew that it was time to lose her virginity I just, I, I know authors write, but I couldn't. I don't know if I could write this. 
Tracy could not wait for Victor to take her. How did she jump this quickly? Because he stood up to Peppy for her and talked to her little brother. Like, that's a huge jump. And a lot of the emotions that are happening in this book, I'm sure they're going to say teenagers go through these huge leaps of emotion and all that. But still, this is a big decision. Trace could not wait for Victor to take her. Her newly developed body was ready for exploration and she was tired of waiting. She couldn't concentrate on anything while continuously daydreaming about Victor doing it to her. At lunchtime in school, Tracy inadvertently listened to more girl talk going on at the far end of the table. Yep, and she said he got her like 10 times, a short and chubby girl was saying. She reminded Tracy of her elementary school girlfriend, Judy. Well, I told him I wasn't into that because he's a nut anyway, a taller girl responded. For real, Paula? You said that? Yeah, because you don't just give it to boys if they don't know how to get it, Paula said. She was as light as Rahima, but her hair was snapped short. He must be stupid then because you nasty as hell, her short and chubby friend responded. Tracy giggled to herself. Paula laughed. I know, some boys believe anything you tell them. Like this guy named Bruce, I told him that I was pregnant, so I couldn't do nothing with him. Nigga, what? Thirteen. The girls howled with laughter. Short and chubby said, you crazy girl. Well, who did you get some to? Paula told her. Light-skinned Jeff and um, curly-headed Aaron, that's all. Tracy snickered at her end of the table. She got up to leave for class, feeling like she was above their level. They were only talking about small-time guys. Tracy considered herself in the majors. Major leagues, that is. She rushed home, hoping to catch Victor in his house when she called. At first, she was reluctant to dial his number, quick to change her mind about her decision to lose her virginity to him. But after beating out her fear, she forced herself. Hello, can I speak to Victor? She asked, recognizing an older voice. Victor's not home. He rudely hung up the line before Tracy was able to leave a message. Tracy felt deprived. Rude bastard, she snapped. Patty told her that she would be going out on Friday night and that Tracy would have to watch Jason. I'm not going to let my life ride away while your father acts like an asshole, she grumbled. Oh, God. Okay, so here's the thing about this book. There's literally... Nothing in this book that makes me interested in it. It's just the same circles over and over again. Except Tracy. Tracy walks through life and experiences whatever she's going to experience while her mom is in a holding pattern for her dad and her dad is just out there fucking off and Rahima is just out there avoiding boys and her neighbors are just out there being abusive and being abused and Mercedes is probably out there living her best life. Nobody changes except for Tracy, which is wild. Tracy immediately started to plot. Later on that night, she called Victor again, but no one answered his line. It tortured her. She couldn't get in contact with him. For the first time, Tracy felt satisfied with the guy without losing her interest. The next day, Tracy called Victor once again and no avail. After Patty had arrived at home that evening, Tracy ran out to the store on Chelton Avenue, seven blocks away from her house, supposedly because she needed some school supplies. While out on the street, Tracy made sure to walk down Wayne Avenue, where Victor was known to hang out. The avenue seemed packed with everyone but him. 
She spotted Peppy and wanted to leave Victor a message, but never through him. She then bumped into Mark Bates before heading back to Chelton. Hey, Mark, I heard you talking to my girl Carmen, she said to him, grinning away. Mark nodded lightheartedly. Yeah, she told me that you dimed on me, he responded. Tracy smiled, filled with guilt. Uh-huh, keep on smiling, Mark joked with her. Tracy wasted no time. Have you seen Victor, she asked. Why? Because I had something to tell him. Without explanation, Mark abruptly pulled Tracy's arm and led her around the corner. Where are you taking me? Tracy asked him, puzzled by his sudden actions. Don't you live up this way? Yeah, but I didn't want you to walk me. Mark pushed Tracy towards her house anyway. So, what you want me to tell Victor? He finally asked her. Just tell him that my mom's going out Friday night. Mark smiled, proud of his boy's successful job of turning Tracy out. Damn, I wish I had a like Vic, he thought to himself. All right, then, he told Tracy. I'll tell him. Tracy, still wondering why he had run her around the corner, dismissed it and walked home. She was pleased that she had dropped her message off. Mark walked back towards Wayne Avenue and approached his buddy. Hey, Vic, come here for a minute. Victor was with yet another attractive teenage girl, waiting for the bus to take her home. Tracy was just down here, Mark told his admirable friend. I saw you coming and ran around the corner. Victor looked back at the slender, tan-skinned beauty and smiled, making sure she would not get suspicious of their conversation. Yo, she fly as shit, cuz, Mark commented about the girl, who was wearing a shiny red Adidas sweatsuit with large gold earrings. Victor said, yeah, I met her up at Cheltenham Mall, and yo, she got a good shot downstairs, you know what I mean? Mark nodded. It was good, huh? Man, was it ever, Victor emphasized. Well, Tracy told me to tell you that her mother's going out Friday night, Mark told him with a grin. Victor cracked a wide, confident smile. See that, Mark? I told you I'll pop that young girl. It ain't even been a week yet. Seven whole days. <sighs> Friday came quickly. Tracy cleaned up her room and got everything set for what she thought would be one of the most memorable nights of her life. Not with Victor, it ain't. She packed all her clothing away in her dressers and all of her shoes inside the closet. And she then straightened up her bed. I mean, y'all got to remember that when he last, when we last saw him humping away on somebody like a bunny rabbit with jackhammer speed, there's no way that that's pleasurable at all. She changed the sheets and displayed her best looking pictures of stuffed animals on her dresser to make everything neat and pretty for her most important visitor. Tracy walked out on the avenue to buy some ice cream before her mother was ready to leave. Patty told her to come right back, limiting the amount of time her daughter had to search the streets for Victor. In desperation, Tracy went as far as to ask a few girls if they had seen him, only to receive their jealous snarls in response. By the time she had gotten back to her house, Tracy had given up on her chase. She sat in her neat room and stared up at the ceiling in despair. All he has to do is call, she told herself. Patty spotted her long face. So don't you, girl? You go out every Friday, so don't even try pouting here tonight. I have a life too, Tracy. I'm not thinking about that, Mom, her daughter told her. Well, what are you thinking about, Patty asked. <laughs> don't be like that, Tracy. I got a life too. Mom, I'm not even thinking about that. Oh, well, you know, what, what are you thinking about? What's going on? Huh? You, you want a Slurpee? Huh? You hungry? You want some Chick-fil-A? Huh? Huh? My mom... Used to whoop our ass. Frequently. And then after she whooped our ass, 
and we snuffled around for a while, she would find out the thing she whooped our ass for wasn't as big of a deal as she thought it was, or it was just wrong information, and she'd take us for a Slurpee. Fuck, I love Slurpees now. Like, the fact that... <laughs> the fact that now I can go into the store and get a Slurpee without having to get my ass whooped first, do you know how great that is? Yes, I know. I'm making light of, of abuse. Sure, whatever. But the first time I got to college and drank a fucking Slurpee without my ass hurting, it was greatness. Also... I opened up all the windows in my dorm room and I turned on the air conditioner and I called my mom and told her I was air conditioning in the neighborhood. And then I got in trouble because I was using a calling card to call her long distance because this was fucking 1998. Go fuck yourselves. Tracy knew she had to throw her mother off track so she wouldn't get suspicious. Well, my stomach was hurting today and I had to run, she lied. Tracy smiled, knowing it was a good one. Yeah, the runs always works. Line number 47 never fails. Patty laughed. Well, you'll be all right. Just stay close to the bathroom. You didn't embarrass yourself at school today, did you? No, Tracy answered her. Patty wrote down a phone number where she could be reached and placed it on Tracy's dresser. Look now, I gotta go, so here's the number to the place if you need to call me. Okay. Patty left out, and Tracy took Jason downstairs to her to watch television. She made a relaxing spot on the couch to get her brother to fall asleep. And after an hour, Jason was out like a light. Tracy then carried him up to his bed and headed back downstairs, praying for her late night romance to come true. She sat and ate her ice cream. And before she knew it, it was 1045 and she had dozed off herself. Victor should have been there by 10. Tracy struggled to her feet and headed towards the stairs. She was disappointed and ready for bed. But right as she reached the first step, she could see through the front window a figure approaching her door. She ran to the door excitedly. Victor stood on her top step, waiting for her to let him in. Nobody's watching? 10.45, probably not. Tracy said happily, Hi! I thought you weren't coming. Victor looked around as he walked in. You got a nice crib, he said, half ignoring her excitement. He knew she would be pleased to see him. Thank you. Tracy followed Victor into the living room as he wandered around. He wore a red polo jacket, a plain white tee, and black jeans. A gold rope chain shone around his neck. Yo, what time's your mom coming home? He asked her. I don't know, Tracy answered. Victor turned around to look at her. You got carpeting in your basement? Yeah, Tracy answered. She led him to the basement door as if she were giving him a tour of the house. Victor said, let's go down there, just in case your mom comes home, because I don't want to be caught inside your room. He walked down inside of the basement as Tracy followed him. Go open the back door so we won't have to do it if she comes, Victor instructed her as he took off his jacket. So the questions that should be going through her head is, how do you know all this shit already, Victor? Why are you giving me instructions on this? Like, where have you done this at before? But nope. Tracy did as she was told. Victor then gestured with his right hand for her to have a seat on his lap. She won't, Tracy asked him playfully. Victor pulled her onto his lap. So what are we going to do, Tracy? Tracy looked at his hair, noticing how thick and dark it was, with little shiny waves and curls all tangled inside of the perfectly blocked shape. Damn, he looks good, she thought to herself. I don't know if y'all ever saw The Wood. Great movie. I'm not talking about that, you nasty bastards. I'm talking about The Wood with Omar Epps and all that. It's a really good movie, and, and, and um, Tay Diggs and the nigga from Lockdown. And Mike. Big Mike. But... 
When I picture what Victor looked like, I picture the nigga, the dark skin nigga, not the not the tall one, but the one that ended up being Tay Diggs. And none of them kids looked like they did when they became adults, except for fucking Melinda Williams, by the way. No, because she ended up looking like uh, fucking Sinai Latham. Nope, none of them kids ended up looking the way they were supposed to look. But the the middle nigga, the, the, the not big Mike and not the big nigga, he is probably what Victor looks like. Go ahead and go on, you know, just type in the wood. Make sure you put movie. Make sure you put black movie. Make sure you put in parentheses not porn. And then go from there. Oh, no, she moaned. Tracy was feeling nervous and unsure of herself. Victor pulled her down to his lips and gently kissed her neck. He then licked around her ear like he had done at the party. Do you want me to make love to you? He asked her. I don't care. Tracy moaned as he kissed her lips. Victor stood her up to take off her clothes. Tracy then felt an impulse to stop him. I don't know about this, Victor, she said, gripping her pants as he tugged at him. Victor pushed her away and said, look, I told you to call me when you're ready. Tracy whined, well, I thought I was, but why I gotta give you some just to be with you? She wanted Victor to stay and argue with her like most boys would, but Victor had too many girls for that. Call me when you're ready, okay? He snatched up his red polo jacket and headed towards the basement door. Tracy's heart pounded. She watched him walking away and couldn't help herself. Okay, Victor, don't go. That's not consent, ladies and gentlemen. Victor stopped at the door. Well, what you gonna do then? Because I got places to go and people to see if you plan on wasting my time down here. He held his jacket across his left arm, holding the doorknob with his right hand. Tracy knew that he meant another girl. She decided that she would rather give him some than be left alone thinking about him. Well, what do you want to do? Tracy nodded like a child with her hazels twinkling inside of the dark. She started to slowly take off her clothes. Victor came back in and he watched her. Tracy undressed piece by piece as her heart raced, feeling trapped by young lust, confused for love. Soon she sat naked on her basement couch, not yet 14, and about to lose her virginity. Victor yanked out a quilt from her mother's laundry basket and spread it out on the floor. That quilt's gonna be bloody. Tracy looked up at him in submission as he began to take off his clothes. Is it going to hurt? She asked him innocently. Victor held in his lap as he spread her thighs. Only a little bit, he said, again kissing her neck. He played with her to arouse her young body for easy access. Tracy could feel him, bumping up against her leg as they passionately wrestled with tongues, fingers, arms, legs, elbows, and knees. Victor was erect and throbbing against her, and Tracy quickly exhausted herself from the foreplay. Victor put it in, she said, afraid to touch him. Are you sure you want me to? He whispered. Tracy pleaded, whispering back to him. Yeah, do it. Victor tried, and Tracy resisted with a squeal. Her legs began to shake with anxiety as he barely entered her. She then tried to pull back from his grasp to avoid the pain, like she had done with Bob. Victor clutched her by her shoulders, pushing himself through. Ah, Victor! Tracy howled desperately. Victor began pushing her legs back with his arms. Tracy attempted to grab the rug. Failing at that, she began to claw away at his back as she moaned, Oh, Victor, I love you. I love you. It's been one week since you looked at me. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm actually doing this, she thought to herself. 
When he had finally finished, they laid there intertwined until Victor had regained his energy. Tracy watched him as if she were a wide-eyed toddler at an amusement park while he redressed, astonished by his dark and beautiful muscular physique. Victor had a perfect black body, and after being with him intimately, Tracy understood firsthand why all the girls loved him. Victor asked, What's wrong? Nothing, Tracy answered shyly. Well, I gotta go, alright? Okay, she responded breathlessly. Tracy got up to walk into the door, remaining butt naked inside of her dark basement. She locked the door behind him and carried her clothing upstairs to her room. She then fell out across her bed, feeling relaxed and robbed of all her energy as she slipped into a deep and peaceful sleep. Jason tapped on her sister's shoulder Saturday morning. Oh, that's a lot of S's. That's like a, 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 a little tongue twist right there. Jason tapped on her sister's shoulder Saturday morning. What? Tracy strained, making sure that her sheets covered her naked body. I want some cereal, her brother squealed. Tracy! Tracy didn't respond, so Jason shook her. Tracy! Stop! She snapped at him. Frustrated, Jason ran into his mother's bathroom hollering, Mom, she won't get up. I hate it. Ugh. Like, oh, God, the worst part about kids. Ah, I know. There's a lot, right? But the number one worst thing about kids is when they're too little to get their own fucking food. But they don't breastfeed anymore and they're not on formula. Like, they literally need you to get up and make them breakfast. And they always get up at that age. They always get up at like 7 o'clock in the fucking morning on a Saturday and shit. Ugh. Happiest day was when my uh, youngest son became old enough to make his own breakfast. That was the happiest day of uh, that week for me. Well, you tell her I said so, Patty mumbled while brushing her teeth. Jason pleaded for action, but she won't get it. Patty finished brushing her teeth and marched into Tracy's room. Look, girl, if you want to go out tonight, then you better get up and get him something to eat. Nigga, you up? You brushing your teeth. Like, why am I required to get him some cereal? Like, you are up, up. Tracy couldn't believe her ears. It seemed like only yesterday when her mother was pleasantly buddy-buddy with her, and in one week she had turned completely sour. Now I know what people go through when their parents get divorced, Tracy thought, because she's starting to act crazy. I don't have nothing to do with what dad does. She took a few seconds to gather her energy and then slid some clothes on to do what she was told. And again, Tracy was given the responsibility of babysitting Jason while her mother ran errands. Hello? Is Jantel home? She asked from the phone inside of the living room. She just had to call her best girlfriend and update her on the news. Jantel answered, Hello? It's Tracy. And guess what happened last night? What? Victor came over here. For real? What'd y'all do? Tracy smiled. You know. Ooh, y'all got nasty. Yup, and it was good. But girl, that shit hurt like hell at first. Jantel cracked up. It did, she asked, with tears of laughter flooding her eyes. Jantel had always assumed that having sex would hurt. She had heard horror stories from several different sources to confirm it. And unlike Tracy, she was in no hurry to lose her virginity. Shit, yeah, it hurt, girl. Tracy told her. She quickly looked over to Jason, hoping that he paid no mind while he watched Saturday morning cartoons. Tracy then decided that it would be wise for her to watch what she said around him, because Jason was at an impressionable age. Are you going to that party tonight? Tracy asked Jantel on another note. On Haines Street? Yeah. 
Jantel grimace and shook her head against the receiver. No way. All they do is fight around them. Don't go to that party, Tracy. You don't even want to get mixed in with them people, she warned. Tracy thought about her warning, but her mind was already made up. She was going to the party. Victor would probably be there, and it would give her another chance to be near him. She called Carmen, who went to all the parties, and set a time for them to go together. Haines Street was packed with nothing but guys, outside and inside, and Carmen seemed to know all of them. There was limited elbow room inside of the smoky basement where the party was being held, and Tracy began to see why so many fights broke out. She searched the room with her eyes, feeling sure that Victor would be there, but she couldn't spot him, although most of his loud friends were there. Tracy immediately figured he was off with another girl, doing what he did best. What's up, pretty? An older guy with a fresh haircut said to her. His grease wavy hair glimmered under the dim green party light. Nothing, Tracy said, and since Victor was not around, she was more than ready to leave. What's your name? she asked. Tracy. Yeah, well, you got a boyfriend? No, but I'm talking with somebody. Well, you don't go with them, so I figured that you and me can talk. Mr. Ways looked all right, but Tracy had already been satisfied, so he was beginning to get on her nerves. He was too pressed. Do you know Victor Henson? She asked him. Oh, damn, you talking to him? Tracy nodded, and Mr. Ways backed off. My fault, then. Tracy smiled to herself, proud of Victor's rep. She then moved into a corner and spotted Carmen French kissed some tall guy, and she was lonely. Hey, what's up, Slim? You fly as you want to be. You got the fresh-ass gear on and everything. What's your name? Another boy asked. He was not as attractive as Mr. Waves, and his breath smelled like a ton of cigarettes, so Tracy ignored him. Huh? What's your name? The boy repeated as she moved away. Oh, all right then. It's like that, he said to her back. Bitch! You ain't like dude right there, huh? Yet another guy said to her. Tracy looked up to see a cute brown face under a red Kangol hat. Nah, she answered, uninterested in conversing. She was still satisfied with him longing for Victor. Cute brown asked, well, who are you here with? Nobody you know. The boy was caught off guard by Tracy's blunt response. He figured that he was being respectable with his conversation. You don't have to get like that on me, he told her. Tracy pictured him as a Tommy type who would want to spend every hour of the day with her. So she simply wanted to get him off her back and fast. I'm talking to somebody, okay? Damn. Cute Brown moved away from Tracy and joined some of her friends. Tracy sat there on the wall, deserted and staring at Carmen, who seemed to be having the time of her life. Before she knew it, two hours had passed, and Tracy had danced with several dull boys. Carmen finally joined her. Hey, Tracy, you want to go with these guys I know? Tracy frowned. Who? Come on, I'll introduce you to them. Carmen dragged Tracy away to a couple of tall basketball players. This is my girl, Tracy, she said. You live on Diamond Lane, don't you? Right next to some girls named Mercedes and Rahima? One of the boys asked Tracy. Yeah, how you know? Tracy perked. Damn, everybody knows me, she thought to herself excitedly. Because my cousin lived up there, and I've seen you before. Yeah, Mercedes don't live there no more. But who's your cousin? Tracy wanted to know. Well, he's an old head now. But do you remember some guy named Kevin? Tracy nodded with a grin. Yeah, I remember him. Kevin was Mercedes' first man, like Victor's mind, she reflected with a smile. Well, y'all down to go with us? The other tall boy asked Carmen. Tracy felt like they were harmless and friendly. She had no objections. The party had turned out to be a dud anyway. They left the party and walked a few blocks to Carmen's friend's house. She was still hugging and kissing them while on their way. 
Tracy had completely forgotten about her mother's warning concerning leaving parties with guys. It had happened too fast for her to think about it, and once it did cross her mind, she had already done it. The boy's parents had gone out for the night, and Karma slipped right up the stairs to be with them. Tracy had just met the other guy, and she didn't like him sexually. They sat downstairs and watched Eddie Murphy's Delirious on tape. Tracy laughed while wondering what her guy's parents were. She felt nervous knowing that the boy sitting next to her probably expected her to do something. She dared not to mislead him, so she decided not to even look his way. She kept her eyes glued to Eddie and his blunt style of humor. The tall boy asked, what time you gotta be home? Twelve o'clock, Tracy answered. It was already a quarter after eleven, and it would take Tracy twenty minutes to walk. You want me to walk you? He offered. Tracy planned on being short and sweet with all of her answers. I don't care, she told him. She was relieved he wasn't going to try anything. He then stood up with her and said, come here for a minute. As he leaned against the front door, Tracy stopped with arms distance between them. Come here, the tall boy repeated, tugging her arm towards him. He was trying to pull her closer, and Tracy correctly assumed that he wanted a kiss, so she promptly backed away. No, that's all right. I just met you, she told him. They both stood there inside the vestibule area, confused about the next move. The tall boy then gave in and opened the door for her. Tracy didn't feel comfortable about him walking her home anymore, and he didn't really want to. It was an embarrassing situation, so Tracy decided to walk home alone, despite the danger. While on her way up a dark street, she noticed a young drunkard on a patio. Spotting her, he walked out towards the pavement. Tracy frantically crossed the street. Hey, good looking, come here. Baby, I'm not going to hurt you. I just want your phone number. No, that's all right. Tracy responded, running. She ran all the way to Wayne Avenue, where she spotted the usual people from her neighborhood before she stopped, bumping into Jantel, who was walking out from the ice cream store. At 11... 15? Really? Girl, you missed it, Jantel exclaimed. I missed what? Tracy asked while catching her breath. She was still more concerned about her own story. Victor beat up this guy, and the cops came looking for him, because this guy hopped out the car with like four of his boys, and, and Victor had all of his boys, right? So then Victor fought him with these rings on his hand and mess cut his face up, and now the cops are after him. For real? Tracy asked, forgetting about her own story. She had survived it. Yep, because the guy was jealous that Victor was seeing this girl. It didn't much matter to Tracy how many girls Victor had. He had loved her for one night and she was satisfied, yet she longed to have his personal and intimate attention again, and soon. Tracy approached Carmen at her locker at school that Monday. Hey Carmen, you a trip, girl. Why, what'd I do? Carmen responded to her while gathering her stuff for class. Some drunken guy chased after me Saturday night. Carmen laughed. How's that my fault? I didn't tell you to leave. You knew I didn't know that guy. But you still could have waited for me, Tracy. Girl, I had to get home. Everybody's parents don't let them run the damn streets like yours do. Well, that ain't my problem, Carmen huffed. She really began to walk all towards her class. Yeah, I right. Just see if I ever go to a party with you again, Tracy told her. Carmen stopped for a second. You the one that wanted to go, Tracy. I didn't call you for that party. Tracy was speechless as Karma stood her ground, the girls parted than a truce. Classes were winding down before finals in June. The summer vacation was right around the corner. Tracy hadn't seen Victor much at all in the weeks that followed, and he didn't return any of her phone calls. 
It's funny how I could catch him at his house when he first gave me his number, she pondered. But now he's never home. Meanwhile, more and more boys learned Tracy's name, but none were interesting enough to sway her preoccupation with Victor. Now I know how my mother feels, dealing with my father, she mused. Tracy felt she could handle seeing and befriending Victor without having to give him any. She wanted to present herself like a lady. All she wanted was some of his time, and begging was useless, so she planned to make herself visible at all of his hangouts until he would decide to be with her again. Thirteen. Tracy ventured to the playground, displaying her summer Hawaiian look with sky-blue sunglasses that matched the blue in her outfit, and she dragged her best girlfriend, Jantel, along with her for backup. They sat down on the benches with the older girls, watching the guys play basketball. The older girls were not such a big deal to Tracy, or so she told herself. It was important for her to lessen the stature of the competition to keep her own self-image high. To get a number one guy like Victor... Tracy figured she had to be a number one girl. Every young lady at the playground was familiar with the rules of the dating game, and each of them were out to attract the best guys with their glamorous looks, attitudes, and fashions. Victor showed up with his friends in mid-afternoon and didn't attempt to speak to Tracy. Nevertheless, Tracy continued to long for his attention as she watched his every move out of the corner of her eye while pretending not to. Every few minutes, a girl or two would flock to Victor, and he would say a few words and go on about his business, which at the time was playing basketball with his friends. No girl seemed able to keep his attention for any length of time, and arguing would only make him ignore them, just like with Tracy's father. Tracy smiled, reflecting on their similarities. I mean, if she's 13, I gotta give her that, because if you see the similarities there, then you should see all the similarities, which should lead you to not want to pursue this kind of guy. But I, I guess, like, they say it's daddy issues. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still dealing with my own daddy issues, to be honest with you, um, which make me pursue people and try and make them like me by uh, doing podcasts about reading to niggas who can't read that good. When Victor finally approached their bench, Tracy was ready to explode. He then looked and smiled at her. She stared back at him and returned his favor. It was obvious that she had been watching. Tracy realized that Victor was more than likely three times more experienced at playing mind games than she was. Hey, Victor, there go that young girl, man, one of his friends said, referring to Tracy. Victor grinned. I see her, but I'm just going to make her sweat for a while. Shit, cuz, I don't know how you do it. You got all these little young girls in love. They got to stop calling. I mean, they are young girls, but y'all calling them young girls is just... Oh, shit. I mean, y'all are still under the age, I think. I don't know. It changed from state to state, but still. Victor said, it's all in the mind, boy. You tease them and let them make their choice. If you're the man like me, they'll be on you. Victor took a shot at the hoop and missed. Shit, let me get that one back. His friend responded, well, every time I give a girl her freedom of choice, the bitch ends up dumping me. Victor chuckled and looked over at Tracy with another smile. Tracy turned away in embarrassment. Sean, cuz, you gotta know how girls think, and then you'll know how to deal with them. All girls are ruled by curiosity, so the less they know about you, the more they want to know, and the more they want to find out. So you just keep them guessing. Watch this. Victor swiftly walked over to Tracy and sat without speaking. Jantel had had enough. Hi, Victor, she said. Tracy was acting like an airhead to her. Just tell him how you feel about him, she wanted to advise her friend. Stupid, Tracy thought. 
Why'd she have to open her dumb mouth? Damn, she's stupid. The last thing Tracy wanted to do would seem obvious. Even though it was a given to Victor, she was only there to see him. Oh, you're not going to speak to me? Victor asked Tracy after waving to Jantel. Tracy couldn't help but to smile. Victor chuckled at her and then got up to leave. Tracy asked Jantel, why you do that, girl? Well, you didn't say I couldn't say nothing to him. We've just been sitting out here for hours doing nothing. God. Victor came back and whispered in Tracy's ear, I got something to ask you, okay? Tracy turned her eyes, beautiful dark face, shining in the sunlight. Being that close to Victor again gave her goosebumps. What? Tracy asked him. I'll tell you. Just make sure you don't leave the playground, he answered her before he walked away. He returned to his friends as Tracy wondered. He then walked off with them, heading towards the stores on Chelton Avenue. Tracy obediently remained at the playground, watching the older boys play basketball while she waited patiently for Victor to return. After a while, Jantel was ready to leave. She wasn't in love with Victor, and she thought that Tracy was acting ridiculous. You're actually going to stay here and wait for him? Jantel asked her friend. Tracy sucked her teeth. Jantel, if you don't want to stay with me, then you can go home, she responded. Hmm, Jantel mumbled, standing up from the benches. Well, I'll see you tomorrow then, she announced. Happy waiting, she added. Whatever, Tracy said with a smirk as she continued to wait. She was afraid to leave, leaving Victor without betrayal. And when the sun started to go down, she grew restless, still waiting foolishly. Are you waiting for somebody? One of the glamorous older girls asked her. They were all beginning to fade away. Why don't you mind your business? Tracy wanted to snap. No, not really. I just like watching basketball, she said instead. The girl's friends snickered at Tracy as they began to walk off. Don't get no splinters in your ass waiting for no nigga, girl, because ain't none of them worth it, she said to Tracy as she walked off behind her friends. Sean said, hey, Victor, man, that's ugly how you doing her. They were heading back from the store. Victor sucked his teeth. Man, shut up. I know what I'm doing. You got to discipline these young girls, he responded tartly. She going through my little training session. He munched on his barbecue chips and took a drink from his soda. Plus, I'm waiting for my pop to roll out so I can take her to the crib and hit that ass again. I'm going to hit it from the back this time. When they got back to the playground, Victor looked over at Tracy, who was sitting by herself, and decided that he had trained her enough. It was nearly 8 o'clock, and his father would have to be gone from the house by then. Come here, girl, he said. His stare was serious as his connecting eyebrows rose. Tracy walked over to him slowly, feeling ashamed but important. If Victor wanted her, then she was surely a somebody. When you want me to come over again, he asked her sternly. I don't know. It depends on when my mother goes out, she answered, neglecting what she had told herself about not giving him any. Victor said cheerfully, well, guess what? We can go to my house right now. But you probably don't want to, though. He started to walk away from her towards a hole inside the playground gate. Tracy lost her cool. I didn't say that, she gushed. There was no way for her to refuse without losing him. I'll go with you, she said bashfully as she followed after him. Victor responded, come on then. He led her through the hole in the gate. Yo, I'll catch y'all niggas later, he shouted, smiling at his friends and taking Tracy's hand. Damn, cuz, just let me be that nigga for one day, Sean said to no one in particular. Dig it, man. Victor got all the fly bitches. 13 and 16 and probably 15 and... I asked my son, the 15-year-old, about sex. You know, I was like, yo, 
do you need condoms yet? Do you need, you know, like, we try, I tried to have an open discussion with them about sex and about pregnancy and about uh, abstinence and about uh, condoms and all that good stuff. So then they're not surprised when the time comes. So I asked him a couple uh, weeks ago, like, hey, man, you need condoms yet? And he was like, no, why? And I was like, I'm just making sure you're a beautiful young man. Like, you might need condoms. He was like, Dad, that's not even on my mind right now. 13. I don't know. Victor and Tracy walked around the corner. Oh, also, went to the store today to get a sandwich. Because, you know, they make good sandwiches at the store I was going to. And the sandwich that they made for me was hella small and cost nine bucks. So I put it down in the cooler. Like I put it into, it was, it was, it was a Safeway. I'm not going to lie to you. So I went to the cold section in Safeway, not like the refrigerator section. I put it in the refrigerator. That way it didn't waste. But I wasn't paying nine bucks for that tiny ass sandwich. When I could go to Sprouts and get a sandwich that's bigger than that for fucking $4.99. Just makes no sense to me. Anyways. While I was there, I was like, let me look around and see if I can see this um, strawberries and cream Dr. Pepper that everybody's going off about. And so I went to their soda section, their soda aisle. You know, that soda had the nerve to be $9.99 for a fucking 12 pack. I laughed out loud. I, I asked one of the people who worked there, do you know that this shit costs $9.99 for a 12-pack? And they were like, yeah, because it's two for one. I was like, two what? Too legit? Like, you got me paying $9.99 for something that usually costs $3.99 to $4.99. That's the range. And you're telling me it's two for one. Get out of my face. Y'all fucking horrible. So I left. Victor and Tracy walked around the corner, hand in hand. He wore a white Adidas short and shirt set, clean as usual. Tracy felt like a queen, ready to make love again to King Victor. Victor looked into her hazels. You know, I never realized how sexy your eyes were until I seen them in the light today, he told her. Thank you, Tracy responded, tickled brown. God, I love him, she thought to herself. Victor told her to wait outside on his patio for a moment while he went in. Tracy waited, happy to be with him. He then came back and gestured for him to come with a flick of his wrist. His house was beautiful. Tracy looked at his brother's basketball pictures, noticing the family attractiveness. Your brother's my complexion, she commented, standing in front of the imitation fireplace. Yeah, my mother's your complexion, Victor told her. Us niggas come in all colors. He approached her from behind, putting his hands around her waist and kissing the nape of her neck. Tracy rubbed his hands and leaned her head forward, loving it. Tracy, I want you to do me a favor, all right? Yes, Tracy responded dizzily. Victor turned her around and looked her in the eye. Go upstairs to the last room in the hallway and take off your clothes. I'll be up in a few. And get under the covers while you're at it. Tracy didn't even hesitate. She did exactly what he had told her, waiting for him under the covers, naked and unashamed. Victor walked into the room and turned off his light. Tracy felt his smooth, dark body as it joined her under the sheets. He turned her over on her stomach and pushed her knees forward as he entered her from the back. Tracy whined, Ow, Victor, I don't want to do it this way. He gripped her by her waist and began to pull her into him. 
Tracy dropped her head into the pillow, fighting the pain until it no longer hurt her. Did you miss me? He asked her. Yes, she moaned breathlessly. Do you like it? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to stop? No. Good, he told her, kissing the nape of her neck again. Tracy rolled over and rubbed his chest when he had finished. He was her man and she loved him. Victor allowed her to lay with him on his bed, butt naked and under his sheets, as Tracy peacefully fell asleep in his arms. Victor leaned away from her and looked her into the face as she dozed off. She's just so young and pretty, he told himself. He ran his dark fingers through her hair. Everything's got a color attached to it. I like you, he whispered in her ear, but I just can't let my guard down, he thought to himself. His older brother had told him that young girls were the worst ones to fall for because they don't know enough about relationships and are not mature enough to handle all their emotions, he had said. Nevertheless, Victor liked Tracy's loyalty to him, so he considered her trustworthy. Victor continued to have sex with Tracy throughout the summer, whenever he wanted. He never seemed to spend any quality time with her, though. Tracy was pleased when she did have him. She saw no need to complain. He would come to her block and simply look at her a certain way, and she knew exactly what it meant. Tracy had a problem with not being able to tell Victor no. On restless summer nights, she even went looking for him. Time spent with him was never boring, and Tracy enjoyed her small part in this fast world. Hey girl, is your name Tracy? A short, well-curved girl asked from the bottom of Tracy's walkway. Yeah, Tracy answered. She had been sitting out on her Cecil Rahima. The short girl said angrily, Well, I got something to talk to you about. Was you looking for my boyfriend? She asked. Tracy looked at the two girlfriends the short girl had brought with her, knowing they were all in high school. I don't even know your boyfriend, she said. Yes, you do. You know Victor Hinton, girl. Don't fucking try and lie to me, the girl snapped. Tracy was glad that she was in front of her house. If anything jumped off, she was ready to make a dash for her door. I'm going to tell you now. If I ever hear about you being with him again, I'm going to kick a bone out your young ass. The three girls walked away after soundly ranking Tracy. Rahima grinned. See what trouble boys get you in, she said. Tracy sat speechless for a second. She then sucked her teeth and sighed. Ah, oh, that bitch know he be running around doing it to everybody. She's stupid to even go with them, she said. Rahima asked with a smile. Well, what about you? Tracy smiled back. So what, Ra-Ra? Ra-Ra giggled helplessly. Well, if I talk to a boy, first I'll make sure he didn't live around here. Tracy grinned curiously. Oh, so you like boys now, huh? Rahima defiantly shook her head. No, I'm just saying if I did. 916-633-1537. Wretched and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. You can leave a review on Spotify. It takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review on uh, Podchaser. Copy and paste that into Apple Podcasts. And then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. You can donate to the show at Patreon.com slash Single Simulcast. One dollar will get you a ton of content. Uh, you can also donate to the show at BuyMeACoffee.com slash SSCast. Or on the Good Pods app, you can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to you later. Peace.
and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan, and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast.